Hello, 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 hello listeners, thanks for staying with us, we are back again today with a new episode. So today, we have a caller that was born in Cameroon but came to the United States at a very young age. He has gone through a lot from dealing with family situations to ending up in a military camp for high school to ending up in Florida for art school and even going to California to chase his dreams. This caller has done a lot and he did all this before the age of 21. Soon after, he found his calling and is currently in an MBA program chasing the dream he has sought after. He provides a lot of advice as far as what you should do, how you should deal with situations such as reflecting on the things you've done and trying to make or create a better path. I believe we have a lot to learn from this caller. Trust me, a lot to learn. So join me in listening to his story. Let's go. Hello? Yo, what's going on? Nothing much. How are you doing today? Uh, struggling. I should be doing homework, but <laughs> procrastinating like nobody's business. I'm going to finish that tonight, hopefully. Yeah, I hope you get to that, man. But I would just like to say, welcome to this new world, an open platform for immigrants and current citizens to speak on life, specifically how they got to where they are today, the goals they've set for themselves, and what they did to reach those goals. Um, I guess we could start with an introduction. Uh, what's your name? Okay, uh, it, my name is uh, Frank Jack Uh, I guess I'm 30 years old from uh, born in uh, Cameroon, El Yaounde, Cameroon, but currently live in uh, Arlington, Virginia. Okay, born in Yaounde, Cameroon. So, at what age did you come to the United States? Well. That's kind of like a long-winded, tricky story. I would say the first time I came, I was uh, three years old, but I uh, I went through a stint where we actually tried to come uh, go back to Cameroon, but then we ended up uh, coming back again <laughs> to the U.S. Wait, wait. Yeah. Okay, so, so why did you guys go back when you were three? So did you stay for a little while, then decide to go back, or was it just like a couple months, then you decided to go back? Okay, uh... So basically the story is, so my dad worked for like a, like a bank in Cameroon and then he did some type of competition to get a job offer at uh, the IMF. And then once he got there, uh, got the job at the IMF, we moved to uh, Bethesda, Maryland. And then something mm. happened and he got fired or whatever. And so mm. uh, my mom was like, okay, we're just going to go back to Cameroon. So then uh, me, she, my mom and my sisters, we all flew back to Cameroon. We were, we were here, we were there for like a summer. And then my dad called mm-hmm. was like, actually, you guys need to come back. So, <laughs> so, ah. back. so, so it was just, so it was just your mom and, and your siblings that went back and your dad yeah. stayed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So you were in Cameroon for summer. So that, at what age do you remember actually, you know, coming to the United States and staying, you know, I guess you could say for the long run. It's around that period. I mean, for the most, I mean, like, I've been here since I was like three or four, but like for, mm. but I would fly back to either France or Cameroon because that's where my family was. But when we start like stayed, stayed, I haven't been in Cameroon for a very long time. It was since that time, that time, well, like wow. maybe I'll say like around six, eight years old. I've been here since. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a long time. Yeah. That's a long time. <laughs> So, I guess the times you would fly back to Cameroon, do you remember how life was like back there? Yeah, that's kind of also another tricky question because uh, 
I do remember, but it's not it's not like I got to see like live like uh, a regular Cameroonian lives. It's kind because of, because uh, my grandfather. I know uh, I mostly live with my mom's family. Like my grandfather had a compound because he worked for the government, mm -hmm. so it was like mm -hmm. this big house with like a gate all around it. <laughs> and, Can you go back to when you were talking about the house with the big gate? The audio literally just went out. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. So my mom's dad had a compound. Mm -hmm. So he was like a government official for, mm -hmm. I think, somewhere in Bat uh, what's it Bafusam or something like that. And he basically okay. had a compound. Like it was this a massive house with gate servants. Oh. So when we were there, I basically just, just chilled in this massive house just ran around outside it's not like i interact like uh, unfortunately i didn't have a chance to interact with cameroonian so i don't really know oh okay okay so when you would go back you were basically enclosed in the gates of the house it's yep. not like you actually went out to yaoundé you never nope yeah you know yeah wow okay okay that's i i feel you on that though i understand that so i i guess like how often would you go back Uh, it was more so when I was a kid. So when I went to, so when I was in America, I, I went to Lycée Rochambeau in D.C., French International School. So while I was doing mm -hmm. that all the way up until, uh, I would say, fifth grade, that's when I stopped. That I would fly, I would frequently fly back from here to France with my cousins who live in France, and then we'd go to Cameroon. After that, oh, okay. when I switched over to English school, we had a lot of family problems, especially with when my uh -huh. dad lost his job and all that stuff happened. That stopped. So, like, my sisters oh, have okay. gone back. They did the, I think, a couple of years ago. They wanted to go back. I haven't because I've been trying to level up my job. One. Yeah, yeah. Understandable, understandable. You said you were part of the private school in D.C. till fifth grade. Why? What happened after fifth grade? Oh, so uh, I think the, I'm pretty sure the IMF, Uh, they give scholarships to because it's like a global organization so they give scholarships to uh, all their workers like a work benefit where a tuition for local private schools especially international schools is like 80% off something crazy like that so when my dad lost wow. his job we could no longer afford that so I had to switch to oh. public school yeah okay that's unfortunate but w which public school did you end up going to in D.C.? Uh, so I went to two. There was one called Maryville in Rockville, somewhere in Rockville, and that was like a French English uh, program. That was why I went there because I didn't know English. Okay. So I, it was like basically a transition, mm -hmm. and then I switched over to Ritchie Park, and that I think that's also in Rockville. I don't know exactly where that is. To do full okay. English program, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So the whole time you were actually trying to transition from speaking French to actually learning English. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was that was that difficult for you though? Dude, nightmare, absolute nightmare. Nightmare. <laughs> whole wow. Whole life was a nightmare. It's like still to this day, I've never learned English grammar. Never, never. Don't know it. R really? Know it. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. Okay. It took. It was a lot of like self. Like I, I went through a, when I was 18 years old, I was like, I just need to figure this stuff out. Like I literally just started reading books and just try to figure this out. Like I, I don't even know the rules. I'm, I'm not even kidding you. Like I, I just copy. Mm -hmm. I see what other people do and I just copy that. I mean that that's also another way of learning the language, honestly. Yeah. Because you know, talking to you now, it sounds like you got to figure it out. 
Yeah, that's Honestly. full of years of teasing and struggling. <laughs> man, that that would make you work hard to improve your your language skills for real. Yeah, man, make you work hard. Yeah. That okay, so I was like seventeen too. I had an accent too. It was horrible. <laughs> Oh really? I mean that that that's not that's not that's not horrible. I mean it's more of a French accent though, so it's not it's not. I mean I'm not exactly sure personally. Um, when I came from Cameroon, well my accent, well I'm not I, I don't know how to differentiate. But what, when you say you have more of an accent, was it more of, you know French like because you would go to France so often? I think it's Afro 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 French. Because like just Afro family French. influence, yeah. It's not it's not pure French because you know, because what I heard was at home is Afro French. It's like I have a coworker now who's also kind of, he's from uh, Ivory Coast who has the same type of intonations that I hear a lot. It's Af I call it Afro French, French speaking African. Uh, yeah, have that type of way of speaking. I had I used to speak like that. <laughs> uh okay okay gotcha gotcha. So it took a while for you to get out of that. I guess yeah. um. So 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 you end up going to what middle school and high school in the in the I guess Montgomery County area. Yeah, exactly. In Maryland. Yep. Okay. How was that though? Like compared to how things are now, do you do you believe like there's a drastic change? What do, what do you mean? I'm, like, I'm referring to I'm referring to the area, like Montgomery County itself in general. Well, as far as the type of people you would interact with on a daily, things of that sort. I mean, it definitely got more affluent. I, I would say that it's a lot nicer now than it was when I was a kid. Like, I feel like before it was just like normal. <laughs> it's an average it place. Was normal. Like, I, I mean, it's like, it's kind of weird. Like, I was kind of, so when you asked me to talk about this, I was thinking about like my life experiences. Cause like, okay, so I went from kind of like a more bougie childhood having a dad working for like a major bank like living like we went to uh i always flew first class when i was traveling until i was uh -huh. until he got fired so it was like a weird like, so going from there to like i lost all of that and then going to public school and i didn't even understand what public school was when i started going to public school and so i was like uh -huh. i had really no perception i was like oh this is just how everyone else does it <laughs> like i, I had yeah. no idea yeah so like now, yeah, so back, yeah, I'm like they're richer, they're richer people there now, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I, get, I get what you're saying though, because you you were so used to 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 the high class living that, yeah. especially as a kid, it's kind of a, it's, it would be hard to transition into just doing things normally, I suppose. Yeah, it was. It's just a weird because I never even thought about it as high class. That's the that's the second thing. I, I I thought that was just like, that's what the people around me did. And until we fell into hard times, because after that, like we went into like super poverty. <laughs> like parents almost we almost lost our house. They lost their job. It, it was really bad. So we were oh really trying to yeah we we're trying to decide like get it, get the hell out of America and just go back to Cameroon because it's not working out here. And then sticking out uh, through all that. Sorry, then, one yeah. second. Yeah. One second. The uh, I'm not sure. Are you on Wi-Fi or anything? The audio sounds uh, bad, like it's going in and out. Oh yeah, I'm on like, Wi-Fi. Good... Do you, Do you think it would be better on service? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. It's up to you. I don't. Uh... Yeah, you could try that because it sounds like 
the uh, I hear static. That's why I'm. Yeah, I hear static as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, it sounds sounds better now. It sounds better on my side. Okay. Yeah, I can still hear you fine. I'm like, yeah, I can hear you fine. Oh. Okay, I can hear you fine now. Okay, so you were saying you guys almost went, you know, I mean, you went into extreme poverty. You you almost lost the house. Yeah. Like at what at what age were you? Like what age were you? This is literally so I did one year. So when I went switched over to uh, uh, English school, like when I went to middle school, like literally like one or two years after my dad left uh, the IMF, we went to like it was horrible. <laughs> wow. So you remember all those things vividly? Oh no! Oh, because it was traumatic. Because uh, my mom literally left. So my mom left the country for like a year. So was, it was me and my uh -huh. sisters by ourselves with my dad. And he was just trying to figure out whatever. So he was always gone. So basically, it was just us alone. And that, and that went on for like Re most of middle school. Really? So it was just you and your sisters living in a house by yourselves? Essentially, yeah. And like, yeah. When you huh. think about how crazy that is. <laughs> yeah, especially in America. How, how, old, how old were your siblings? I have one sister. She's like a... She's three years older than me. Then have one, two younger sisters. One's two years younger, and then the other one's uh, three years younger. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't just you and your older sister, but you also had to worry about your younger sisters. Yep. Wow. So what? What? What did you guys do to get through that? Like, how were you dealing with it? Um, it was bad. I mean, my mom. Uh, she, I mean, she had a plan. So she stopped, like, she bought three refrigerators and stopped food, like, packed food. And, and I, like, literally every day I would go to one of these refrigerators, pick one, like, TV dinner, cook that, and I'll be, that, that was my food for the day. Yeah. Wow. And that's what you guys did for almost a year? Yep. Wow. Okay, so how did you get, how, how did they get out of that, like? How did they go? Like get out of that? I mean, I don't fully know. I know my he got a, my dad got a job at Fannie Mae for a little bit. Then he got fired from that, and then then he went to school. He he moved to school. Went to school in Boston, and then mm -hmm. came back. Wait, he back. went. Like he moved was, to school in Boston. So yeah, you guys didn't go with him. Yeah, he just yeah, went on yeah. his own. Like I said, it's a crazy family. Yeah, he went by himself. No, no, it did not bring us. <laughs> Okay. And then okay. he came back with that, got a job at after. We actually went into a government, a government like a... Like assistance program or something? Yeah, I did that for almost a year. Yeah, my mom came back right around the time my dad went to school in Boston. So that so she came back oh. right, before, right around then. And then we went to a government housing facility. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then, but but then, at least your mom was there. Yeah, exactly. So then she could help out. And then. Okay. Well, so you guys went to the government. He... Sorry, but I, I was saying, so you guys went to the government housing facility for the length of time he was in Boston, you know, getting his degree. Well, we were still at the house for a little bit, but then it was getting to the point like we were getting like eviction notices and then my mom just, just said we're getting out of this situation and then signed us up for a government housing facility and then we dipped and that was 
So how yeah how the was that? I mean, I thought that was fun. I actually liked being in a government. It was like a like a woman, oh, woman shelter, woman shelter. So it was basically women and kids. I thought that was pretty cool, actually. Uh, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So so you were you guys were basically in a women's shelter, and like like what what were the conditions like? You know, and how long did you have to be there? I think. I mean, the one that we were at, I thought it was pretty nice. It was, uh, we got breakfast, we got lunch, <laughs> went to school. There was actually a bus stop because there's a bunch of kids there. So we got a bus stop that would mm -hmm. go to bring us to school. That was my uh, freshman year in high school, so I went to, yeah. Oh, freshman <laughs> year high up, school. Pick me up, me off at high school. Yeah. That, and what, then after, were you... that was also weird. Oh, go yeah, ahead. go ahead. Sorry. No. Oh, you go ahead. Nothing. I mean, yeah, that was also a year my parents almost got divorced too because it, it got bad. So. Oh no! Wow. Yeah. So, I guess. Okay, so so you guys were in the women's uh, uh, housing facility, and your dad was still in Boston. So things got bad when he was still in Boston, or when he came back. Oh, uh, when he was there, and then he came back, he got a job. He got a job at the World Bank, so. Okay, that's good. And then, it sounds like things after, were starting yeah, to look was, look up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, after, I mean, he's been working there for, I think it's been like almost more, I think more than 15 years now, so he's been good for a while. Wow, so that's the blessing. That job was the blessing. Yeah, he bounced back. I mean... I've talked to him about this. I mean, like getting his. I mean, when I went through it, it was a lot more traumatic for me because I had no idea what was going on. He he brought it up to me uh -huh. recently, a couple months ago, like around Christmas. Talked to me. I uh -huh. mean, it made like getting his side about it, and he was kind of like freaked out. He didn't know what to do. I get uh -huh. it. Like I'm not trying to crap on it. It makes, it makes it kind of seems like I'm crapping on him, but like, is this when you're a kid and you have no idea what's going on, and like this is what's happening. It, this sucks. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Because you, you, you can't really understand, you know, the reasons behind it. I mean, it's good that he, he yeah. actually brought it back up uh, to you so you could understand and, I guess, deal with the trauma. Because I'm sure you were dealing with that for yeah. a long time, huh? Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, as you can probably tell, like, my, we are not close. I'm not close with anyone in my family. Really? Is that... Wow. Yeah. Is that because of the trauma? Uh, it's that's part of it. I mean, it ends up becoming like uh, why I'm like super self-sufficient because I can't trust anyone. I have to take care of everything myself because I just can't can't deal with yeah no false promises. I just have to do it myself. <laughs> okay, that's understandable though. I mean, that's a good way to push yourself to always get more. You know what I'm saying? In terms yeah. of you know being financially stable. Um, but yeah. we, we kind of side sidetracked a bit, but okay. So you were talking about when you guys were in the women's, uh, facility, that's when you started high school, your freshman year of high school. Um, were you feeling yep. embarrassed about that in any way? Or did you not care at all? You were just happy that you was, you were still going to school. No one knew. No one knows. No one knew. That was that was the interesting thing. Yeah, because like, uh, 
I got to school because of their because they have their own bus. I got to school like 45 minutes an hour before I would normally get to school. So I was still there like uh. all my no none of my friends knew what was going on. No nothing. So it was to them. Wait, wait. Like, wait, 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 wait. I'm trying to understand it. So there was a bus that picked you guys up from the facility. But I guess the bus mm -hmm. came it came and picked you guys up early enough for for I guess the other students not to be at the school first. So you guys were basically the first first uh, kids at the school like every day. Yep. Yep. Wow. Did the bus only pick kids in the in that you know in that facility, or is it it also pick kids yeah. from different yep. I guess neighborhoods? Only kids from that. Only kids from that facility. Yeah. Wow. So is it that none of the other students knew? Like, you know, yep. none of the no, other kids. Yeah. Wow. Nope. <laughs> okay. That's. Nope. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That makes high school easier, honestly. So for when I hung out with my friends after school, I would, they would just drop me back at my old house, and then I'll call my mom and or <laughs> just walk, walk back to the place. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So you set it, so you set it up in a way not to, I guess, stress yourself throughout the whole high school period. Yeah, I mean, I didn't go there for all the high school. That was probably for half of the year, and then, like I was telling, oh, that was only half of the year. Divorced, yeah. We're getting a divorce, uh, but then they reconciled, and then, yeah, we moved back to our old house, and everything just went back to normal. Was it the exact same house? Yep, the same house. Wow, that's good. That's good. That's great, actually. Yeah. That's gonna be a switch up. Okay, so, yeah, I, I, yeah, that that does <laughs> sound sounds like a lot for a kid to go through, man. I'm not gonna lie to you, like. I mean, I'm glad you made you made you know, you made it through. Honestly, I'm glad you made it through because personally, I, I don't know how I would feel or how my mindset would be after some, going through something like that. But um, okay, so so how how was the rest of high school though? Since things went back to normal, and you know you were back at your old house, how were things then? I mean, yeah, high school was fine. I mean, I was a typical, I mean, just like the typical student. I mean, I tried to do, I was in advanced classes and then I kind of just didn't care about going to school anymore. Almost, uh, I got, do you know the term LC? LC? No, I don't know. What is that? Like loss of credit. Anyway, I LC'd a bunch of classes because I didn't, I stopped showing up. I just gave, I just didn't care anymore. I was just done. Uh, done with school. You stopped showing up. So what were you doing? <laughs> I, would, uh, I mean, I was playing video games. That's really what I was doing. I'm not gonna, not gonna lie. Start playing video games a lot. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. World of okay. Warcraft. So you just not show up and play, play video games the whole time. Did your parents know? Yeah, I would just. I mean, my mom found out later. Uh, but it, it was yeah. It, I mean, I got ended up I got ended up getting sent to military school because of that. So. What? Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Military school. Where, where, yeah. like, where, where was this? Uh, have you heard of a Massanutten Military Academy? It's in Woodstock, Virginia. Nope, never have. Woodstock, Virginia. Yeah. Okay, so now you're in military school, man. You had a hell of a life. What was that? What yeah. was that like? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about okay. So you go from a, a 
a place like you think you're tough until you go to a place where just full of tough people then you just get absolutely dunked on like absolutely just put in my place constantly until you just you know learn just to do what they tell you to do that's basically it huh so is it literally like the movies where you're waking up they're actually treating you like you're in the military you have to fix your bed you know push-ups all those all those things oh no oh wait you, you cut off for a second could you repeat that sorry no, I'm saying, was is it really like the movies where you have to wake up, fix your bed, you, you're you're required to oh, do yeah, push-ups yeah. if you do yeah. things incorrectly? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Exactly worse than that. How long? Without. It was worse. How how was it worse? The hazing, the beating up people, the hazing, hazing yeah, by like who? Sexual assault happening there too. So it, it was bad. These are all things going on between the students or like faculty got involved. Yeah, yeah, students. Oh. Okay, think about it this wow. way, right? So they, you wake up at six a.m. Everyone has to have their bed made. You have to have your uniform like on correctly, and all your your basically your ducks in a row. And then you have a floor sergeant that does it, room inspections, right? Goes room by room, mm-hmm. inspects everyone. We're, while you're standing up on the hallway like lined up in front of your door, your dorm, right? Mm-hmm. And if, let's say, a person stuff is not in a clean, it's group punishment. <laughs> we have to do, the whole floor has to do push-ups. The whole floor has to clean. The whole floor has to do extra exercise. So, it yeah, that's how you get people to do stuff because, like, if you mess up, you have now 10, 15 other people who hate you who are going to beat you up when yeah. you go to sleep, who are going to trash your room. <laughs> Yeah, wow. so right, right, right. If you don't, if you don't do it, then the punishment is ten times worse. It's, it's from your peers. Yeah, you get punished once, and then you get punished afterwards from all the people who hate you. Yeah, that's yeah. You gotta you gotta do the job. Gotta do the job. Wait, so so how long how long were you there? How long did you have to be there? Uh, so I started in the summer, like my. Uh, my junior year summer and then I, yeah i did the whole rest of the year so it's like a summer plus a year okay how'd you summer get there did somebody come and pick you up or did your parents drop you off uh my parents dropped me off and then yeah that became an issue because uh so do you have kind of like you do you have leave but my parents refused to go there to pick me up <laughs> ah so why i'm, I'm trapped there because they didn't want to make the drive. The drive was like two and a half hours from Maryland, two and a half, three hours from Maryland. So they didn't want to pick me up. So I would like either get uh, rides with people who lived around me and I'll just take the metro back home. That's usually what I did. Uh-huh. Or And then I got okay, in trouble, yeah. actually. Well, my first also. month there, I got in trouble. So they rev- uh, revoked my leave for six months. <laughs> so I couldn't go. So I was what did you, there. What did you do to get in trouble? I got in a fight with the floor sergeant, and he's like, he's like, when these uh, sergeants actually served in the military, so they uh-huh. treat you like they treat people in the military. So I, was, I gave them some lip service, and then yeah, I was done. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, okay, okay. So, so it's your first time there. They're acting really disrespectful, and you're like, wait a second, like, no, yeah. you check yourself. Then <laughs> they basically punished you for it. Yep, exactly. 
Okay. So I, I guess I guess my my question is, whose idea was it to send you to military like camp? Apparently, I, I literally found out it was my mom's. Surprising. I thought it was just my dad, but it was my mom. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Okay. So when you came back, did you did you have some did you have some type of animosity towards your mom because of that? Uh, I mean, I dealt with all that when I was there. So, I mean, that was a good thing about that school because there's nothing else you could do. It's no farm landville with nothing, absolutely nothing. Just like a Walmart. That's it. So. <laughs> So the only thing wow. you people do there is like you confront with your problems, so you just deal with your problems. So when I came back, I was not angry oh. at my parents at all. <laughs> oh, okay, that's that's good then. That's good. So I I guess like when you were there, like you guys can't play sports, you know, none of that. Like, are you at least working out? I'm sure you are because it's military. So oh yeah, I was working out like crazy. Like I gained a ton of muscle. <laughs> That's yeah, good. that was one thing. That's I could, it was the only thing you could do. Uh, you do the morning PT at 5 a.m. You you work out. Yeah, then you do your morning run. You do a three-mile run every morning. I, that's what I did. Hit the gym. And after people got too buff, so they closed the gym because people got <laughs> They closed the gym because people got too buff. <laughs> yeah, people would work out too much. So they're like, okay, it's not good. They closed the gym on the week. Oh my god! All I could all I, all I could think when you say that is the uh, the sergeants being like, "Oh my god, they're gonna get big and they're gonna start trying to actually whoop my ass." But okay, <laughs> wow. Okay, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. So um, yeah. But but you see, you stated that you were there for how long uh, at the camp? For a year summer? and a half, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Over the summer. Oh, so you're in that. Yeah, summer and a half. session from. Like, June to August or whatever. Did a summer session. Then I did a. Then I did it the full year. Then I did my senior year there. Wow, a year and a half. Wait, so the whole time you're there, is that actually does like the time you spent there count as high school credit? I suppose, or do you have to go back oh, yeah, and I start from where you left off? Yeah, I have a high school degree from there. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so it's not just you know being in a military camp. You were actually going to classes as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. So uh, around around your senior year, did you know what you wanted to do after, or you were completely done with school? Uh, yeah, that's another. Oh man, like when I say my life is it's crazy. That that's another story. So. I went so when I went to the school, uh, I wanted to play lacrosse for a long time. So this school happened to happen to have a decent coach this year. I was there, who used to play professional lacrosse, and I was trying to leverage that for a scholarship. So that's what I wanted to do after school. And I and he was telling me about because of the rank of the school and I need to get better competition. I need to go back when I go back to DC. I need to go to a, what's it called? What's called a post grad program. Basically, you're kind of you've graduated. But it's like you're kind of like an extra year for you to like regain skill up. Some kids do this to skill up a little bit to try to get a sports scholarship. Mm-hmm. So when I went back, so when I went back, I told this to my parents. I'm like, hey, I want to do this post grad thing. And then they're, they're like, okay, well think about it. So then I I went to France actually that summer, and then my dad calls me at, at uh, in France. He's like, you know what? I decided, no, nah, I don't want to do that. You're gonna go to college. And I was like, wow. <laughs> Okay, wow. Uh, I, I forgot to ask. I know you, you kept saying you went to France. Like, which side of the family is in France? Uh, 
And which part of France did she go oh, to? Oh, my mom's family. I'm close with my mom's family. So uh, we uh, they live in Lille and uh, Paris. Oh, okay. Okay. So you had a fun time there? Like compared to being in the States? Uh, I mean, France is okay. It's I wouldn't say it was like... My mom. My mom's a... Aunt, she lives in the ghetto, so I'm not gonna say it's like the nicest part. But it's a fine, it's fine. Okay. Like I don't feel, I don't but, feel. Like, yeah. So, it, it, like when you went there, it wasn't like you were living, you know, the type of life they would show on TV. Like you're going to Paris, you're shopping, and all the luxury stores, things of that sort. No, it was not. Oh that. hell, no, dude! Like, <laughs> building smells like piss. There's crap in the hallways. Elevators look like shit. Oh, fireworks at night. Terror. Oh my god, get terrorized by little kids. Yeah, but it was fine. Like, Damn. <laughs> sounds like the Bronx, okay. in so, New York. Yeah, so, yeah, the hoods of Paris. Oh yeah, it's fine. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, but but when you would go there, you would have fun though because you're with your cousins, right? Like, did you have cousins your age? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I, I, I have a blast every time I go there. I like I like France a lot. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's what matters. So, okay, so you were there. Your dad calls you and say, "I figured out the route for your life." And you know, yeah. how how did you feel when you heard that story? Did you want to, you know, go do your own thing? Oh yeah, that kind of that kind of spiraled me down like a really rough patch that I didn't recover from until I was like twenty two, twenty one. So it was kind of like a bad four years. Too. A rough patch. How so? So I came back. I had to pick, pick a major. I picked biochem because my sister's a biochem major. I've always been good at math and chemistry. I just, I literally almost failed out of Montgomery College. It, like it, that was like a blow to my self-esteem that uh, I couldn't recover from. Like I was so ashamed. <laughs> so Montgomery College. Yeah. Why? Wait. Yeah, so what was the point of going to Montgomery College though? Were you gonna get like a? Like a full ride to a different school? Like, what was the purpose? No, because first, I couldn't, I, I didn't have a chance to apply anywhere. I couldn't apply to any college. So, the oh, only school that would let last you minute. apply at Short Lotus is community college. So, I applied to uh, Montgomery College. I never wanted to go there. Okay. So, then, mm-hmm. yeah. so then I discovered that they have a biochem program with the University of Maryland. Applied to that, got into that, but then I failed out. So, then I got rejected. <laughs> From that, and I was like, mm. "Okay, well, there's my life. <laughs> it's a mm. disaster." So yeah, I, I got mean, a massive fight with my dad. Yeah, and then I uh, after after you were rejected. After after that whole year, after I failed out of Montgomery College, I'm like, "I'm done. I'm like, I'm done living with you guys. I'm just done I'm over this." So then we mm. he sent me to Florida. So I went to Florida for two years. <laughs> Who's in Florida? Is it still family or just? Oh, it was like to do no, by myself. It was an art school there. I wanted to do art school. He didn't want me to do art school, but I decided I'm like I'm just gonna do art school. That's what I'm gonna do. So I went to Florida to learn how to become a filmmaker. And yeah, yeah. How how did that turn out? It was. I mean, I liked it a lot. I didn't know anything. It was something totally new, something that I wanted to do for the first time in my entire life. So. That was a big thing for me. It was cool. It was mm-hmm. chill. And then I moved to California, and it was that was terrible. But, <laughs> but learning. Wait, okay, so. Yeah. Wow. Okay. 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 So you went from. 
Montgomery County, Maryland to Florida for art school. How long were you in Florida for art school? And which part of Florida were you at? 20, 24 months, Orlando, Florida. Orlando, Florida. That's exciting. Like, were you actually, you know, focusing in school or were you more of like trying to have fun a little bit? Again, again with the, so this is, this is the situation. Like, I, like, uh, common theme in my life, not, uh, parents who were just not there. So I got flown out. I got a ticket to go to Florida, right? I had no apartment, no living arrangements, nothing. Are you I get, serious? Uh, my dad gives me a thousand dollar in cash. Yes, this is what happened. Give me a ticket, thousand dollars in cash, and I know the school I'm supposed to go to, right? But that's it. Uh-huh. So I take a plane, fly to Florida. Luckily, I called this random dude about possibly being his roommate, right? So when I land there, I okay. call this dude. And I keep calling him. I'm like, I don't have anywhere to live, so this dude better pick up. <laughs> uh, yeah. He was nice better. enough to be like. I told him the situation. He's like, okay, you can stay with me for a little bit until you find a real place. Anyway, he lets me stay for the whole time. So it worked out that way. And then the school, apparently the paperwork I filed out for the school wasn't correct. So like I didn't have the student loans to afford to go there. It was like a, like I said, it was a total disaster. But like, I liked being there because I, I basically kind of grew up there because I was on my own, figured out all the stuff by myself. So, yeah, after that, I, yeah, then I started partying more. After going through, like, two, three months of stress, freaking out every day, (laughs) Mm -hmm. then I started to get to know people and started letting loose. But, like, when I first got there, it was not, it was not a great situation. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Like, just, it's kind of like just being thrown into a whole new world and, like, go figure life out. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, so you but you but you lasted there for for what two two years? Yeah, two years. The whole program is only two years, so I did the whole thing. The whole oh, so yeah, you finished the whole program. Yeah. So okay, so so you finished. Okay, what what was the degree again? It was in uh, film production. Film production. Okay, so you finished with a film production degree in Florida. Is that is that part of the reason you move, you decide to go to California because it's Hollywood? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you you ended up like, how was it going to California? How how did you get the money to go to California? Were you working while you were in Florida, like, or your dad sent you money? Oh no 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 neither. I learned how to hustle. I learned how to hustle, man. I had like a bunch of hustles essentially now nah, nothing illegal just learning how to flip stuff like flip stuff like ebay was kind of hot back then so that's what i would do i'd just get like stuff to flip on ebay that's how i made money okay like that's good that's yeah. good the whole part of fending for yourself and growing up that's that's good yeah so so you made so you made enough money to to you know go to california did you have a place like did you have a plan when you when you decide to make that move to cali on yeah i i i I got like three or four buddies, got them all excited. So we were all going to move into this place. Some of them had money, some of them didn't have money, but they had parental support. So, but there was a group of like 10 of us that, from, that went from this program to California. Okay. So we're all, we're all just going like, to figure it out together, like help each other out. And I had like uh-huh. this company lined up. I had a bunch of interviews lined up for a bunch of like, uh, uh, internships and stuff 
So I was like, yeah. oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's gonna work out. But it, it, it wasn't. So I didn't. I, again, I was paying attention to economics. This was around 2009, 2010. So that the world economy totally collapsed. I had no idea about that. So that kind of effed me pretty big when I got there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> Hollywood yeah. money all dried up. Yeah, it kind of sucked. But I still worked at a bunch of gigs. I went. I got to be on a bunch of like movie lots. I met some like reality show celebrities. It was pretty cool. It was not too bad. And I, I did get job offers. Oh. I just didn't have a car. A lot of them were like, "Hey, you need a car to do this." I'm like, "Don't have a car." Oh, <laughs> uh, because you have to move from like location to location all the time. Yeah, yeah. That's when you break in. You have to have like, yeah. That's what they want you to do at the beginning. I didn't know that either. So that kind of, yeah. Again, did do my proper research, but. Yeah, I mean, it was cool to yeah. live in California. It was not, yeah. How how long were you there? About a year, but like 2010. Oh, so in California for a year. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, that that must have you know you said it's cool. That must have been fun though, because even though even though all these all these things were going on, you were actually doing what you essentially loved, right? Yeah, I, it was more. Yeah, that the freedom was what I really liked. Like I, I never had that freedom until around that time. So it was, it was cool just to, yeah, do what I want to do, yeah. come up with my own ideas, figure things out. Yeah, that was fun. That's good. Wait, so you said California? Does that mean you guys were in Los Angeles? Yeah, uh, it's we were living in this place called uh, Encino. It's north of. Uh, North of LA, it's in LA County, North but it's in the Valley. If you know what that, yeah, it's just okay. over the hills. So, like, uh, on the other side okay. of the hills would be Hollywood, yeah, and all uh-huh. that stuff. But north of the hills, oh. yeah, in the Valley, it's Encino and Sherman Oaks and Tarzana. Tarzana. Okay, so, wait. So, so since you didn't have a car, how how would you get around? Like, and were you still living with these ten other individuals? So you I know, was you guys split three, up when you got there. Yeah. And then seven of them, seven of them got a one bedroom in Hollywood. It was hilarious. <laughs> so we were living in a one bedroom in Hollywood, and they were just like sleep on the floor. It was oh, it was so funny. Oh my god, that sounds miserable. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds miserable. Seven people yeah, in a one bedroom, yeah. and that's a one bath too, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I, I can only imagine how things would have been if they decided to get a one bedroom in San Francisco. <laughs> that would have been hell. Yeah. But yeah, that's what you gotta okay. do. Like, yeah, if you want to make it, that's what you have to do to make the rent affordable. Yeah, you gotta sacrifice. You gotta sacrifice. Okay. So, so you were living. So you were actually living with three three people. You were rooming with them. Yeah, it, I mean, we got a good deal. Like the lady who signed our lease, she was like, "Oh, you guys are trying to make it." It's, that she felt for us so our remember it was cheap it was like 420 a month my my part of it, it was really cheap it was not too bad it was not bad yeah that's, that's pretty that's pretty cheap was it a good spot though like you know you had you had your own space type thing like your own room oh, i slept in the room i slept in the other room the other two slept they had their own rooms because they paid a little bit more than me oh uh, okay 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 gotcha damn man you were going through it but I mean, yeah. I guess, I was, like... Was, I was happy when I, Yeah. Dude, that's good. I mean, as long as you're happy, that's what matters, man. That's what matters. Mm-hmm. So, how, how were you getting around since you didn't have a car? 
they have a decent bus system. It, it's not the best. And I had a bike. I bought a bike when I got there. So I just biked. I took the bus and biked. Oh, okay. And all that all that military training was good, too, because it's not like you would get tired. I mean, of course you got tired, but, you know, you had more energy than the average person. And, and it's like a different, like, uh, like you said it earlier, when you do something you, you want to do, you get mm -hmm. a lot of energy from that. Like, it's like I never felt like even think about it now. I never felt like it was a chore to, to go any of these places. And some of these places were far. Like, I, I was excited. So. <laughs> That you will bike like how was the was the furthest you've ever biked while you were there? Uh, this is a this is a crazy story. So I got a I got a film production job that was in East LA, and at the time I didn't really know how far East LA. And I lived in uh in Sina. East LA is all the way on the uh -huh. other side of <laughs> of uh of uh, uh Los Angeles, like beyond downtown, uh -huh. and then it's East LA. And where I was was in a valley, like north of kind of like UCLA, right? So I had to, I uh -huh. literally biked from my apartment all the way to downtown. That took like two hours. And then I got two lost. Hours. So then I had to call the production, uh, the producer. And he's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm in downtown. I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> so I need someone to help me pick me up. So yeah. the guy picks me up and he I told I told the guy like what I did and the guy couldn't believe it. So he told the producer, the producer's like, Are you insane? <laughs> what are you thinking? Why would anyone do this? And I was like, I don't know. I just wanted to be part wanted. of the production. That's why. <laughs> yeah. You know, so after that wow. he set up someone to give me rides uh, to back to my apartment and back and someone to pick me up. So he was really nice because <laughs> it was far as That's good. Yeah, to two hours, two hours, and I'm thinking because you have to go go to hills as well, right? It's not like a straight shot; like you're actually going up and down hills. Yeah, yeah, you're going. Yeah, I was going down it. Like, yeah, it's like flat, and then down a hill, and up back a hill. <laughs> wow, man! Yo, calf muscles was strong as hell back 10 then. Hours, yeah, ten plus hours on my feet again after I did all that stuff too. So, damn. Yeah, we wow. shot till three, wait, wait. Yeah. So, so how long? How long does it usually take to do a? I guess, I guess, complete a gig. Uh, gig. I mean, because that was not in a major gig. Major gigs are operate on different uh, schedule because it was kind of like a doing kind of like the freelance gig route. Sometimes I think the longest gig I've been on was two weeks straight, which is pretty good. But usually, I mean, it's usually three or four days. 12 hour days 10 hour days so that's usually how they do it oh okay okay and you you probably you know receive good enough money to to still you know live in in la with your roommates it was it's i wouldn't say good enough it would be like let's say on average a hundred dollars a day so it's like it makes you motivated so you have to huh? work. You look for work stuff so, yeah it's not great it know? was only a hundred dollars a day Yes, sir. It's because, wow. like, in L.A., there's a strict, uh, what's it called, like, unions. Strict unions. So all the ones that pay a lot are union. Because people, yeah. So if you try to do the freelance stuff, uh, you're really at the bottom. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, okay. Wait, so... Like, okay, so what else were you doing for money? Were you still flipping stuff and selling on eBay? Like, what else were you doing? Yeah, I, I did that, and I also had a college fund, so that's what kept me afloat. I had a college fund with some savings, 
And I saved through it, yeah. And that's what I used to live. Yeah, that's good. That's good. At least you you were still on your feet. I get like what what made you decide to leave, you know, California? Essentially I ran out of money and I just I ran out of money and I had like it was kinda like it's like the movie twenty fifth hour. I had like a like a like a moment like that. It was like the craziest I would say forty eight hours of my life. And after that I was like, hmm. I'm done. Like I need to get out of here. And then Wait. So I what left. happened within those 40, 48 hours? It was weird. So like, um, so I really I had like massive tooth pain one day, like for a while, and I just didn't know what to do. And then I had a a guy. I was I did some like sales on the side just to try to, try to make extra money. I was really bad at sales, <laughs> but I was working with this dude, and he yeah. was like, he was like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I have massive tooth pain. I don't know what to do. So he's like, we need to go to a dentist. So we go to the we find a dentist. I had to call my mom, get insurance. I'm not to pay for it. It was a lot of money. I had no money. I can afford it. So then I get this mouth surgery. Now I can't. I couldn't even talk. I could work. I couldn't eat. So I'm like laying in my like apartment. I'm like I'm starving to death in this yeah. piece of crap state, and I I can't do anything. And then so during this uh, period of time, like my dad calls. He's like, this is around Christmas too. So he's like, buy your buy a plane ticket to come back home for Christmas. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And then my buddy calls. He worked on Breaking Bad in New Mexico, and he was like, "Hey, I'm moving to LA. You want to come down to New Mexico, check out the set of Breaking Bad, and then drive me back?" And I was like, "Okay, fine. I'm, I'm not doing anything." Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you, you drove that, to New Mexico. Yeah. yeah. No, he bought me because I had no money. So he bought me a train ticket to go to New Mexico. Then I would drive him back. Uh-huh. That's how how I paid him back. He's like, oh, "You didn't want to drive." I knew LA, so I would drive him back to LA and show him around. And that was the day I was like, that day I was like, never again. <laughs> I'm so done with the city. I was so done with life at that point. I was like, I need to go back home and figure out what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. damn. So, so the, the buddy that was on the set of Breaking Bad was it one of the individuals that you left Florida with, or was it somebody completely new? Oh well, yeah, in California. Yeah. Yeah, him and his uh, him and his girlfriend were both my classmates. Yeah. Oh really? Huh. Yep. So did did he ever try to put you on while when he was working? You know, with Breaking Bad. No, I never. I never asked. Him. I know. I don't. That's not kind of like. That's not what I do. I never ask people for favors and stuff like that. Oh okay okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right so. Okay, so you you drove back to California, then you just decided, all right, I need to get out of here, and you went back to Maryland for Christmas. Yeah, that day, that that literally that day, I got back, I left, <laughs> I left. Wow. Well, well, what were your friends saying? Yeah. Like, like were they trying to get you to stay, or you know, were they just saying good luck, man? Like, yeah, that's essentially what happened. Like, I didn't tell him I was leaving. It was just that. I did that trip to when I went to New Mexico. It was all chill, whatever. He got a fight with his girlfriend when we were there, so it was like drama. And then I drove all like I drew like ten hours back, helped him unpack all his shit, and then then I got drove straight ten hours. Calling people who owed me money, yeah, I started calling studios who owed me money. I'm like, dude, you you owed me money for like two months. He's never, so I was like pissed. Uh huh. 
So then I'm yeah. like, I'm gonna go to your yeah, office yeah. and you're gonna pay me today. So that's why, like, after that, he's like, oh, you want to hang out later? And I apparently I just never, I never went back. So I, just, I went back to the studio who owed me money, went to like another interview, and I was like, got, I got like a thousand dollars in cash. Went back to my apartment. We got evicted that day. I was like, bro. Gave oh half wow! Y'all got evicted yeah, that I day. Yeah, gave half of it to my roommate. I'm like, this will be enough for like to be straight, and then they'll probably help you guys out. And I was like, I'm gonna go back home. And I, my roommate drove me back, drove to the airport, and I took a flight. And I never went back. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Crazy story. Okay. Yeah. I, I see. What, I see what you mean by crazy. Like driving f- ten hours just to go back home and find out you've been evicted. Yeah. Wow. 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 Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, so got- I, I just have to process <laughs> that. That that's insane. Yep. Th- thank God for family though. So so you decided I I'm going back home. So you you know, mm-hmm. you took that flight and went back to Maryland. Yep. So what was it like being back? Like, did you tell your parents about everything that went that that happened, or did you just, you know, like, what were you doing no. when you came back? No, I've told I tell no one what went down in LA. I've never told. I don't really talk about it. Okay, okay. So when you went back to Maryland, like, like, what were you still lost? Like, what were you thinking of doing? Oh, I, was, I, I fell into, so my parents uh, then moved to Virginia, where they're still at now, and I fell into deep, deep depression for like two years. That's really what happened. Because of what you, what you went through for the past couple of years? No, yeah, because like, I didn't, like, okay, so I'm like, at this time, I'm like 21. I didn't think life would be that way, you know? You're just like, <laughs> you think life would be, like, you would have made Wait, it so, or something. So when you came back, was, you were 21? Yep, I was 21. So you went through all that before you were 21? Yep. Ah, my guy, you've lived life. That's insane. At a young... Before you were 21. Okay, so so at 21... Okay, so you came back, you were 21, and you went through a deep depression. Like, how did you end up getting out of that? It's just like a, a bunch of random... Another, like, I guess, like, you you could say kind of, like, God stepping in or whatever, but, like, a bunch of really random scenarios. Like, I, I was, one day I applied for a random uh, job on Craigslist. It happened to be this guy who lived uh, in, uh, I know how to video edit, but, and, but he tried oh, to, I, he I didn't hear, I didn't hear what you said previously. You said you applied for a random job on Craigslist and it cut out. What, what did you say? Oh, okay. Yeah. I applied for a random job on Craigslist. Met a guy who lived in Fair Lakes who had like a production studio, like a small one. Like him and his college buddy created like this production studio and they worked for Volkswagen. So they did all the ad catalogs for Volkswagen. So just need someone to help them with some video editing stuff. And he basically, he set up kind of set up my life because he was trying to push more into like film stuff and I knew all about that stuff. So he connected me with some of his buddies around the area. I met this Mm-hmm. Uh, Asian kid named uh, Dewey, who's like became really good friends with, and he just kind of like that energy reinvigorated me, like just being around those people. And I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, got me excited again to try to do that stuff. 
and then I had a little bit of money in my pocket, bought a camera, was able to get into wedding photography, like mm-hmm. got paid under the table for a year, just got straight cash for doing wedding photography. And that kind of mm-hmm. like set me up for a little bit. So that's what kind of kept me afloat. Wait, so you would make it enough like to save to save up like and were you still with your parents when you came back or yeah i was living with my parents yeah oh. there's no way I, there's no way i can afford to live anywhere yeah okay yeah okay but but they understood when you were going through the depression like they understood completely and they were supporting you mm, that's not how my parents are man it's it's they left me alone they did they, i wouldn't say they were understanding they just left me alone Okay. Okay. But at that time, you know, the the way like especially in today's time, a lot of people talk about mental health and seeing a therapist and things of that sort. Yeah. That like when you were going through that that never came up. Nope. Nope. No. Nope. But that's definitely I would say that definitely is what helped me get out of it. Like deep reflection helped a lot. Helped me more than all that other stuff. Like thinking about how did I get here? what do i need to do how mm-hmm. do, how can i like yeah how could i solve the problems that i'm facing right now that's how i got that's kind of what set me up for where i'm at right now because that's i solved i mean i figured out a path forward and after i've been following that path since after that period of time okay at what point did you figure that out was it after the you know doing the wedding photography yeah it was meeting all these people like they just it's just like being around these dudes who like more of the entrepreneurship spirit, like that communal aspect, like seeing like really talented people all trying to figure things out mm-hmm. themselves. And I was like, I'm, I'm in that with you guys, but like just in a different headspace. Cause I always thought that like redef- basically redefining what success actually meant. Cause I thought success only meant making it in Hollywood at the time. I'm like if you can't make it in Hollywood, you're nothing. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of hurt okay. my ego. So then when we saw people make it in different ways, I was like, Oh, maybe I need to, redefine what it is like what success looks like for me so okay so what what like what did you end up noticing that success would look like for you like what path did you figure out like being able to be uh, self-sustainable was the first thing like solving the first solving the money issue being like being able to at least afford your expenses <laughs> That was okay. the number What'd one thing to have some type of savings. What'd you do to get to that? Well, I I guess I was another fortunate thing where I, I randomly applied to a movie theater and I started just got a mm-hmm. movie theater job and just worked at like 24-7. Like I think I was so, I think it's still illegal to work 40 hours a week for part-time or for, for those low, what's it called, those low income jobs. But I was dangerously close mm-hmm. to 40 hours a week every week. Wow, just, just trying to yeah, make sure you have enough yeah, enough yeah. money. Yeah. Wow. I so did the whole time for... you were working in the movie theater, you were saving. Yeah, saving a ton, doing the doing the side gigs on the weekend, hanging out with these people. Like it was it was dope. We we did film festivals. We drove to New York to like do some film festivals in New York. Like it was pretty crazy. Like it was some, yeah, it was an interesting time. Yeah, because you, you were still in the realm of what you love. That's good. Yeah. That's good. How long how long were you uh, working at the movie theater? That was only two years. Only that for two years. Two years. 
Okay, so at this time you were what, like 23? Yep, 23. Okay, what'd you what'd you do next? Like, what was next for you? So basically, what leads me to the day is that a lot of the people I even know to this day, like my friends, are from that movie theater. So I met. Oh, it cut out! It cut out again. I can't hear you. Just going to college. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yep. The last thing you said was I met, then it cut out. Oh, so a lot of the kids that worked at the movie theater, college kids or high school kids going to college. So, and and at that time, I was kind of done with it. I was at school, never again. So, but hearing all these people talk about college, you know, just got me. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I should take a look at this again because I'm 23. No college degree. I have that film school degree. I wouldn't call that a college degree. But <laughs> failed out. I mean, failed out. Yeah. Uh, why would you say that though? I mean, it's, it's still considered a degree. It might not. Well, yeah. I guess it would be hard to just get a corporate job if you know you have a film mm-hmm. degree. But, yeah. but yeah, I just I just thought maybe I should give this college thing one more chance. And my mom talked to my mom about it she was supportive enough to help me out for a little bit and then i just kind of i created a plan that's really what i did i created a plan to get me through get me my degree get me through it and then i got into i went to nova did really well at nova mm-hmm. transfer nova is what uh is that a community college oh yeah yeah no, oh, northern virginia uh, community college is nova yeah okay okay then you transfer to VCU as Virginia yeah, Commonwealth University in Richmond. Okay, okay. So did were you living on campus when you transferred there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it was, how, it was how was dope. that? I mean, it it was exactly how I expected it to be. Like. I'm not. I'm kind of antisocial. I knew the whole college thing. Even when I was in high school, I never want. I never thought the college thing was for me. Never thought that was going to be for me. And, th- and that's exactly what it was. It was not for me. Like I didn't like it. I don't like college. I, I'm fairly antisocial person. <laughs> I hate. Mm-hmm. I hate the. Yeah, I hate the way how people, the teachers teach. I, I have no interest in most. I, I'm a self learner. I like things that I like. That's what I like to do. Like I hate being mm-hmm. forced to do something I don't want to do. But I just knew I just had to do it because I was like, you know, <laughs> my life was so bad yeah. before. I just need to work through this. I just need to get through it. So that's what kind of got me through it. Yeah. And I knew a bunch of, I knew a couple of kids from uh, Fairfax. And then that's basically it. That was just enough okay. to get me through this. Yeah. Okay. And also when you were going there, it made... Like, how long did it take you to finish the program? Was it two years? Because you technically already had uh, prerequisites or general studies, I suppose. Uh, like, yeah. So did I did one year at Nova. I did one year at Nova. Uh-huh. So my my uh, my transcript was actually horrible for the Montgomery College. I think yeah, I had a one point nine, one point nine in Montgomery College. So going into wait, Nova, so you had to use your transcript to, uh, from Montgomery College. You couldn't use I it use from the art them. school. Yes. Yes. So I had to combine oh. Montgomery College transcript with. Uh, I still do that today. That I still got to business school with that transcript, mind you. So that, that's how crazy that. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, every when I apply to places, they see that 1.9, 1.9 GPA. 
So at Nova, luckily, I got uh, 4.0 one year, one semester, and I got 3.8 the next semester. So that helped me recover from that 1.9. I didn't do particularly mm-hmm. great at VCU. Yeah, I didn't do that great. I ended up with like a 3.3. So I well, just, what did you major? Yeah, I really had to like. Yeah, I really just had to work hard to recover from that terrible start. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But but you recovered from it though. Yeah. What what were you majoring in at VCU? Oh, finance. 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 Went from mm-hmm. art to finance. Why finance? Is it because like that's something your dad was 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 doing or or what? What? No, uh, no, no. I've always been. It's a straight. It's, it's what I like. I'm all, I'm very good at finance. It's what I actually like. I like finance a lot. It's just that I never okay. thought it was like a, a realistic path for me. I was like, even you know, even after VCU, I never did finance. That's the funny thing. I never did it. So. <laughs> really? Never huh. did it. I went. I, I went straight so what'd you, to uh, what'd you... tech. I went straight into tech after VCU. I never did finance. Oh, you went straight into tech. Like, like, yep. like, was it unexpected or was it something you just, like, you went for the interview, you saw the job, and like, okay, I want it, I'm interested in it. No, it was, a, I, uh, I was looking for an internship, couldn't get anywhere. Um, finals week, applied to a bunch of random companies, a random company in Richmond, uh, it's called Parsons Corporation. They interviewed me, and they were just like they did government contracts, much like what Booz did, about Booz does. And they're walking through me how they do government contracts, and then they're like, "What do you like to do outside of work?" And I was like, "I like movies." So we ended up talking about movies for an hour, and they're like, "We like you," and then they gave me the job. <laughs> oh, okay, that's perfect. Yeah, so they knew like me the as a movie perfect guy situation. on the office. Yeah. <laughs> The movie guy, <laughs> the movie guy. Okay, wait. So, so that job was in was in Virginia still. Yeah, I was in Richmond. It was like I did basically financial modeling, but it was more database work. Uh-huh. So, I just I just set up their database for whatever for their contracts that they were doing. Oh, okay. What do you use for that? Was it SQL? Yeah, mm-hmm. they were using SQL, and I used Microsoft Access because none of them knew SQL, so I make it really simple. How'd you how'd you know SQL though? You did finance. Is that something you guys learned? Oh, I didn't know. I literally learned on the job just googling, just googling like crazy. Oh, thank God for Google. Thank God for Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you be an expert by just googling. Okay. So yeah. so you you. Yeah. So how how long were you working at that job? That was only three months. They actually wanted to keep me on for the year, but I was like. Yeah, I couldn't do it because uh, I needed to take extra class. Apparently, I messed up my schedule. I got contacted by VCU and like, oh, you missed a prerequisite that if you don't take, you won't be able to graduate. So then I had to, re- it was, yeah, it was really annoying. Oh my that God. fall was crazy. So I couldn't keep how that would internship, you mi- so I did it for three months. Okay. But how, how would you mess that up? Isn't usually, like, didn't they have a, um, what do they call them? Like an advisor, a college advisor? Yeah, that exactly. Yeah, I was through... mad. Yeah, I was mad too. I was very mad. <laughs> wow, that's that's complacent. Yeah, like the advisor was literally not doing their job. 
Yeah, it was crazy. I got emails saying that, like, you signed up for a class that you're not supposed to sign up for because you don't have the prerequisite for this class. And this class that you signed up for is a prerequisite for the class that you need to graduate. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Can't catch a break. Yeah. Okay, so you, you have to go back and finish off at VCU. Yeah, but it was, yeah, it ended up being great because that job was what enabled me to get into uh, my full-time job. And then that was able to break me into tech, not knowing anything about tech. So that job was like my launching pad. Oh, that's good. Look at God. Wait, so what was your full-time job? So I ended up applying for, because I got really, I really liked that job. So I was looking at uh, business analyst work, but I didn't know what a business analyst was. <laughs> no idea. Mm-hmm. So I just applied to a bunch of like bunch of companies, and I got hit up by this kind of like a recruiting firm that would teach you up in IT stuff, and then they will contract you out to banks, like uh, we contract people out to Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, Deutsche Bank, Fannie Mae, mm-hmm. Bank of America. So mm-hmm. I passed their interview. So miraculously, thank God. <laughs> after interview and after yeah I got hooked up with this uh, firm in uh, Wall Street so I went to New York when I graduated oh yeah. wow look at that back in the big city well on another side of the you know country yeah. but okay so you went to New York which part of New York were you living in and I know New York was not cheap so um, I hope the pay was good Oh, the pay was terrible, but uh, I actually, uh, my buddy from high school lived in New York, so I crashed on his couch for four months, for four months, so I didn't have to pay anything, so that was a really great, and also I had two sisters, so my backup was my, I have two sisters that lived in New York, so that was my backup. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. that's good, that's good. Wait, so so you were in New York for the job, I guess, like... So, Midtown and Wall Street was 30 minutes. Wow, that's exciting though. Well, like, did you have fun yeah. while you were there? Or was it just more work all the time? Uh, I mean, the week. I mean, yeah, it was it was fun. I mean, I like. I would never live in New York, but like, being in New York for the weekends is fantastic. Like, I never had more fun than going out on the weekends in New York. That was great. But I would spend my whole check on the weekend, so. <laughs> <I couldn't, laughs> no, blow a check and make it right safety. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. I mean, that's good though, yeah. man. You have to live life. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so how long? Like. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, because I didn't know anything IT. So they they uh, they train you up to contract you out to banks. So they want you to be at a certain level of knowledge. And I was starting at uh-huh. zero, so that was stressful every day. Oh, because you it's basically like you have to learn as you're, you know, on the yeah. job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. So you, you you say you were crashing at your friends for four months. So after four months, you went and found a place of your own? Oh, no. So I got uh, I got interviewed at Fannie Mae, and then I got sent back to Virginia, ironically. After four after months? Four months like, yeah, I got sent to Virginia, yeah. So mm-hmm. were they paying for your move or were they just like sending you and you had to figure it out on your own? 
I got unlucky because uh, because my family, my home address was Virginia. They did not pay for my move, but they normally do pay for people's moves because they saw my address. Uh, They're like, oh, your family's in Virginia. And then it's like, and I, my, actually my house is really close to that part of the, the office of Fannie Mae that they sent me to. So I was like, man, I, I lost out on this. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but they did pay for you to go to New York. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, that's good. So you were so you started working for Fannie Mae, but still under the same tech company. It's not like like oh, yeah, were yeah. you actually working for Fannie Mae? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was not an employee; I was a contractor. So. Oh, okay, okay. How how long were you doing that? Like the, like okay. I guess my other question is: Did you have a choice as to where you would want to go contract wise, or did they just push you um, where they thought you would fit? Yeah, yeah. That's what. So they, there's uh, account managers that have partnerships with different firms. I was, I was really trying to go for Deutsche Bank. That was my dream was to work for Deutsche. I mean, luckily I didn't work for them because you've heard about the <laughs> the downturn they've had. They fired a lot of people. So, oof, dodge that bullet. But anyway, no, so that's really what you, I, you I have to that, Oh, oh, they shuttered a lot. They fired a lot of people. Deutsche Bank went through some a lot of stuff the past couple of years. Okay, okay. You're being guided, man. That's all I know. Yeah. So, look, yeah. So, basically, you have to befriend these account managers to get interviews with these companies because they, they, they try to protect their relationship with these companies. Mm-hmm. So, I begged all of them and I got one for uh, Fannie Mae. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you were actually trying to get Fannie Mae. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so so you came back to Virginia. You were working at Fannie Mae. How long were you doing that? Like, did you like what you were doing? Uh, that's another thing. I didn't know what I was doing because I didn't know tech. I was. They put me in as a release manager. I didn't even know what that was. So. So it was like it a was completely crazy. different realm of tech. It's not like yeah, something want, similar yeah, to what I you can, did in New York. Yeah, because I I I, I want to do business analyst, right? So I was uh-huh. thinking, I was, oh, you know. But then they, they hired me as a release manager, and I was like, "What is the release manager?" <laughs> so I'm like, like wow. searching the internet, trying to figure out what release manager does, and I, I found out it was kind of a newish thing, and they wanted uh-huh. me. Uh, so I went on the job, and I just kind of flubbed it. Like literally, the I, I still remember this, and it, and it makes me cringe. So <laughs> I get I get called up. The manager comes to talk to me. He's like, "Okay, so." walk me through your uh, resume again. I talked to him what I did. And he looks at me. He's just like, this kid doesn't know anything. <laughs> yeah. And then so yeah. he starts asking me like softball questions. Like, what is a repo? What do you do with code? Like, what, how do you commit code? I'm like, I can't even answer those questions. <laughs> oh my God. And so how, how did you get like, the I'm job? We get fired, dude. And he's like, you know what? If you could learn this, like, in, like, a month, I'm cool with it. So he gives me a book, Linux Power Tools, and he gives me a bunch of PDFs to read up. And that's what I did. Oh, that's good. You just built your tech yeah. skills again. Yeah, so that's how I love with wow. them. I literally, every, like, every day I thought I was going to get fired. So I was, like, studying Java, studying all this <laughs> stuff. I was, like, <laughs> losing my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that'll make you that'll make you learn faster if you think you're about to lose your job, honestly. Yeah. 
okay. So so after you you learned it, I guess you you stayed at the job. Like how long were you at that you know specific position? Only one year. It was only one year. Uh, it's not because one like year. it's yeah. What happened was because uh, I started doing a lot more. It became a contractor. You I charge per hour. So I was doing a lot of weekend deployments because that's how they did it. So every hour past 40, it was overtime. And I worked, I think my average week was like 60, 70 hours a week. Damn. Just because, yeah. Seriously? It was just crazy. Like, I, I never had weekends off. So I had always, I always had at least Saturday morning. I had to work Saturday morning for at least four to five hours. But yeah. what, Sundays were free though. Yeah, yeah, Sundays were free. Okay, I was gonna say that 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 four months of nightlife in New York kind of you know was yeah the end, yeah it helped but, out okay <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so so you did it for a year then then what happened next so they uh, they canceled my contract uh, because at at the year mark they have an option to renew or cancel so they canceled it mm-hmm. and they asked me to. Uh, one of the bottom of the guy on my team is like, we will shop you around for another team. If a team wants to pick you up, then it's fine. And I was like, I just want to leave. I don't want to work for this company anymore. So, but then the, yeah, that's I was working with them, uh, yeah, for another team. And the guy's like, are you sure you don't want to leave? We'll offer you a position. I'm like, I just want to, I want to, I want out of this company. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it Booth sounds stressful it. though. Yeah. I applied to booze, got an interview at booze and then I got fired. So, what you got fired or you quit <laughs> that's different no because no, it's not it's like technically neither because my contract got like uh not renewed so it's neat i, I basically uh, quit i quit because like it was done okay okay yeah. gotcha okay so you this is when you apply for booze and you mm-hmm. got the job at booze Yeah. Okay, so what? Like, where was the location? Cause you were in Virginia, so that mean it was still in Virginia. Yeah, Booz uh, has an office actually right around the corner from Fannie Mae in uh, Herndon. Oh, okay, that was perfect. Yeah, huh. it was pretty. So how? <laughs> so so Booz is another consulting company, right? So you're a contractor. Like, how, how did you like that situation? Well, like, was it exactly different from like your previous was, job? Was it better? There's one major difference that I, I don't like, still don't like, but it was almost the exact same thing. It, everything operated the exact same as my other company. Like, the only thing I don't like about Booze is that the other company had an active effort to get you on a project. That was their thing. Like, they want you to be in associated with these companies working on a role for them, right? That's what they want. Booze does mm-hmm. not care. <laughs> you know. You know this. You're yeah, out on your own trying yeah. to find You're out on your own. That's what pissed me off. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like Go fend for yourself. <laughs> yeah. You I have just, the name. I didn't get that. Yeah, I just don't get that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's different i mean personally i have i had never been in consulting so it was like my first time so i wasn't looking at it like oh my god what the hell i was actually just going with the flow trying to like you know 
find my own but yeah definitely definitely because when i switch to new, different companies it's different now where the company itself tries to make sure you're always on a project like you stated yeah exactly it's, it's, yeah i just don't get it i don't get the booze thing <laughs> okay okay so you, you're still working with booze unfortunately yes what <laughs> what kind what kind of work are you doing with the company on the same type of work devops work so because of yeah so fanny may kind of set me up because of that guy showed me basically the ropes and i taught myself the ropes so i was able to speak to devops really well i knew i knew that stuff better before than i do now i'm just gonna be honest i forgot a lot of the stuff and i just I used to have to care about learning that stuff again, but <laughs> I do this relatively the same thing. It's just admin cloud migration stuff. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's cool. Yeah. So did did you have to actually learn more about those things, or did you just you know go with the flow when you came to? Oh, I, 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 yeah, I actively learned more about this stuff. Like I picked the technologies I wanted to learn. I picked. All like whatever I saw other people doing on YouTube or like what I was reading about, I would try to look into those technologies and learn it. That's good. Like, what would you use to learn it? Like, you're saying learn it. Like, how how did you go about learning about these different technologies? Well, the cool thing about Fanny is that you got to see how the whole infrastructure works. And I think that's really kind of like a because I was kind of not an entry-level position, it was kind of like a mid-manager position. I got to see how the infrastructure works. So when I came to Booz, and like, my first project was a guy, uh, when we were trying to do some cloud onboarding for the IRS, the guy, and one of the lead uh, release managers came to talk to me and try to spitball about like new technologies. I knew how the, I already knew how to structure it. So I was like, oh, they use this, it's the same as this thing. And then it's getting, and the new version of this thing is coming out. So I just went up and I read what the new version of that thing was. And like, because it's the same stuff, mm -hmm. it's the same stuff to build a application regardless. With a little, with a little kind of like piecing, like they'll swap out technologies and they'll swap out processes, but it's relatively the same structure, how everything works. So just like, okay, yeah, viewing like the so newest long, thing that do this thing, yeah. Okay, so as long as you have like the 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 uh i guess structural understanding of how things work the new technologies that come in would would you know quickly make sense like you would see exactly where yeah. it fits yeah exactly okay okay that's good so i i guess do you do you plan on working with booze for a long time or do you have plans for the future uh no i'm i am hope yeah i'm quitting in like a month to be honest <laughs> that's the truth you're quitting in a month. Yes, sir. Why is it due to COVID? Like, what's what's going on? What's the purpose? Well, so my intention when I first got into booze. So when I got uh, when I chose booze, I actually had two other job offers, and I mm -hmm. I chose booze because I wanted to dive deeper into technology. That was my reasoning. Like I had another, I had my dream offer. I, uh, I got an offer at Bank of America to trade, to be in their trading floor. And I said no to that. And that what? hurt me a lot. Yeah, yes. I was very sad. I got at an Bank offer of America? at the CC division. Yes, to Bank of America in New trade? York. Wait, wait, wait. I have, a 
Apple in New York City. Oh my God! Yes. Trading. Yes. Yes, sir. How? Wait, wait. I, I guess my question is like, you really? I mean, did you have like actual background in trading? Like, I, I'm confused. No. Like, like, I, I remember that New York firm I told you about that helped you uh, get you in the foot in the door for these companies. Yes. So when my contract ran out at Fannie Mae, I still had one more year at this at that contracting company, and they got me in touch with Bank of America, and I interviewed for oh. the FICC division. And the guy and I, I talked to the dude. He's like, "We like you. I'm gonna pass you on to our options, our manager that sits in Chicago." I talked to her. She's like, "It's your job if you want it." And I said no, because I wanted to dive deeper into tech. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I had Man. another interview with another country, uh, consulting company that wanted to hire me, and I said no, and them too, because I wanted to, because I thought Booz was the tech company. So, yep. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. But you said you said you regret it though, because if you were in, because you said trader, like trade trading. Don't they make a like? How yeah. much money do traders make? Well, it's not see. that much anymore. But you could still. I I met a trader, and he says he like he was twenty. He's twenty six. I met him in uh, March. He said, I mean, today was an up. Uh, this year was an up year for him. He, he said he made four hundred k. But then on average, he can make like two hundred k. Like that. That's still good. Like yearly. Yeah. Yep, yearly. Man. You must, I mean, yeah, you must I mean, really love yeah. tech to give that up. Because I didn't know it was like this. It was like think about it this way. It was a, I made uh -huh. a decision. Same thing with the film thing. Like I made a decision, picked a path, and I built myself like all the foundational knowledge by myself. So that's kind of like what motivated me to keep going down this path to see how far I could keep going. Because I basically did it all by myself. Uh -huh. like, no one told me to do this. It was like my thing. Right. And I like and I like I'm I like coding I like technology is so I was like I'm gonna keep going down this path to see how far I can go but I mean it, it kind of soured <laughs> how so yeah Just, uh, how so I, yeah I feel like Booth has a bunch of false promises man that's that's what I feel like they killed yeah, my part company killed my motivation killed my drive oh no. Don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's not a that's not an ideal scenario. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. thing to hear when you when you start when you work for a company because it's kind of like all that knowledge that you came with. Because especially when you told me that you forgot most of the things that you knew, it's like yeah, it wasn't challenging enough. Yeah, is that the that case? Was, that, yeah, that that was it, and there was no there was no guidance, like. There's no guidance for your knowledge. It's like they just throw you here and they're like, figure it out, like you said. And I was just so shocked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but but you have another plan though, because you say you're you're quitting in in a few I guess in a few days. Yeah. Yeah. I my first plan was to get a master's in computer science and try out for the big fang companies. I mean, it did work. Like, I got the degree, I got the interviews, but then that whole process just made me, it just made me gross. It just made me, uh, yeah, turned me off on all those companies. I was like, I'm done. I don't, I have no interest in working for any of those companies anymore. 
It's just whatever. Wait, why? So what I, was the process like? I mean, you you know, I mean, you probably talked to Sean about the coding interview process for these companies is just such uh-huh. trash. It's so trash. It's uh, it's uh, it's just trash. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's a grind i mean like for yeah. all those who succeed with it good for them but like i i'm not good under pressure when it comes to like you can't mm-hmm. make mistakes you cannot make mistakes you can't make one mistake it's just you can't it, make it takes one hours, mistake hours. yeah you can't make one wow. mistake and it takes so like you could... two, three months to learn this stuff wow i guess which companies were you going through the interview process for I went to, uh, yeah, I've interviewed for every major company. Yes, all of them. I've interviewed for every major company. Facebook, Google. Google. Oh, uh, you went out again. Where's the la- oh, okay. last thing I Countries heard was Facebook, Google. Okay, yeah. Facebook, Google, Amazon, uh, Squarespace. I interviewed for a couple of hedge funds, uh, two or three hedge funds, Oracle, and... Uh, one startup yeah one startup i can't remember the name of the startup and none of them turned positive no could not pass an interview no could pass the technical interview. oh yeah, yeah. i couldn't pass, oh yeah i was applied for wow. mckenzie tech or mckenzie digital failed their technical interview failed bcg's technical interview even after the first the recruiter told me it didn't matter that much but once i failed it she's like yeah you didn't pass this i'm like <laughs> What? Oh my God, yo, that that's that sounds like a nightmare test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I mean, Sean can tell you all about it. That if they are, they are tough. They're not easy. They are not easy. Yeah, we talk about it on and off, but oh my God, that's that's insane. I'm sure that 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 messes with you know your ego a little bit because you're like, I thought I knew all this, you know. It's not relevant to coding though. That's the thing. It's like having having coded, right? And like I see how these how stuff is implemented. I'm not gonna say I'm not saying that I'm like the best at coding. But I definitely view myself uh-huh. as like an intermediate level of knowledge. These interview questions don't test any of that stuff. Don't test it. It's very uh what specific. do they test? It's a very specific field. It's like algorithm test algorithms. And like there's levels of difficulty. Uh-huh. I've always gotten hard. I've never gotten an easy always they always go for hard like my facebook one they gave me two hearts and i i was so shocked <laughs> i was like i wanted to be like can we just end it now because I, I don't know how to solve it. <laughs> <laughs> i throw in the towel man i quit it's whatever. Yeah, it was so okay. sad yeah i even apologize yeah. i literally sent an email I'm like i'm so sorry for wasting your time <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ Yo, that's insane. That's insane. Wow. Well, so, so you went through that. So I guess it's like when that fell through, you you decided to do what? I decided just to pivot. Like it was like, yeah, it, that was like, that was the dream, right? The dream was to get into one of those companies and really see tech at the highest level, right? And then I just decided, I'm like, you know what? I'm still going to code. I'm still, this is still the thing I like to do. I'm just not going to work for these dudes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I decided to mm-hmm. find a new path for myself. And that's why I applied for an MBA. I looked for an MBA. It just help me with my career progression still. Give me more flexibility on what I wanted to do, want to do. 
for my life and still give me the opportunity mm-hmm. to code on the side if I want. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. what what did you do to like have you you have you already been accepted into the program and what did you do to get that, you know, acceptance? Yeah, I got accepted into University uh, University of Chicago Booth's uh, weekend program. So it was a uh, long process. It was a long, grueling, painful process. Like definitely, if I put that energy into coding, I'd be working at Google right now. To be honest, if I <laughs> pass those tests, I'd be working at Google. Yeah. But <laughs> I believe that the yeah. MBA was going to help me more than being just another engineer that's i mean that that's really what the trade-off was i believe that the nba was going to help me more but anyway it cost a lot of money i had to go to a bunch of events that i was not interested in going to listening to these learning about the schools i thought the, the best part about it was talking to the alumni to me that's by far the best part meeting all these cool people who have done stuff in their life hands down the best part yeah how did you meet them and like did you did you reach out to them on linkedin or something uh so usually at the at the events they they invite alumni and i'm one of those oh. people who have who's not afraid to be like hey you want to grab coffee one day hey you want to talk about this you want to meet up later so i can hear about your time at in, at the school and you can tell me how that's what i did i walk up to these dudes and they try to schedule another time where i can meet up when there's not 20 people Asking them random questions. Mm-hmm. Smart. That's what. Yeah. Smart. Okay. That's what I do. So, so you had to go through go through that, then I guess take the GMAT. Did you have to take the GMAT oh, or GRE? The nightmare GMAT. The nightmare GMAT. It was actually the stupidest Jeez. decision I've ever did in my life was to take that test. Not looking back at it, really, really stupid. How so? Because, uh, so I, I, so when I first, when I first went to, I was applying in 2000 and it's 2020 now, I applied 2018. That was my first year when I first got into it. Right. I went to university of Chicago for their diversity day, met a alumni. He told me roughly the scores they were looking for, for people. And I thought that was, those scores were so low. I don't know. I'm an idiot, but I was like, oh, it's so easy. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to study. Oh no. So I, took, so I went in cold, bombed it. After, and after that, I was just like, it just destroyed my, me psychologically. Like, <laughs> so I started wasting money on all these programs. So Ooh, didn't really you, put you in went the off proper again. time to study. Oh, yeah. Start, you you said started wasting money on, yes, started wasting yeah, money yeah, on, on all the, these programs. On the, on the, on the program to teach you how to take the GMAT, waste all these. I never try to learn the fundamentals of it. Just thought I could, I could just like brute force it. Just meaning that I could take it a bunch of time and figure out how the test works and eventually pass. Wasted a lot uh-huh. of time doing that. Yeah, didn't get in anywhere because of that. And then the funny thing is when I reached out to the uh, administrative people and I'm telling them my problems, they're like, switch to the GRE. Don't. If you're having trouble with the GMAT, go to the GRE. But I was so stubborn. I was like, no, I will not let this test beat me. And it, it, it eventually it won. Like, it beat me. <laughs> like, it beat me. It, pierced, it beat me. I should yeah, have listened. Yeah. Switched to the GRE. I've just done that as fast as possible. But I was oh, so down. So did you end it, like, okay, so you never took the GRE. You stuck with the GMAT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, okay. So after, so after you, you know, like I guess, how how many of these universities did you apply to, like, and how many of them actually said yes? Uh, I applied to six. Two years in a row. Yeah, I applied, yeah, six twice. Um, out of the realistic schools, well, you know, I mean, technically, only Chicago. Accepted me, but that's not really the full story. If if you know what I mean about like, so the first year no one accepted me because my G my GMAT score was really low. Second year I got four interviews, four interviews out of the six schools I applied to, and I would say out of the four, three of those were really realistic, super realistic, right? Uh, I threw one, I threw one in was NYU. They waitlisted me, and basically they when they waitlist you means. I had no interaction with that school. I never talked to them. Never went to the information center. Never visited the school. I just threw it out there. Mm-hmm. So it makes total sense why they would waitlist me. And I made no effort to follow up on them. So that eventually they rejected me. And I was like, yeah, that makes. I never did anything. <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah. yeah. But you you weren't even like, yeah, interested in going there. I was like, it, it totally makes sense. Like whatever. Uh, Cornell. There, I'm still I'm still waitlisted by Cornell, but. I didn't follow. I'm not following up with them either because I got I accepted uh, Chicago. So whatever. And then UVA, I bombed the interview, but I, I bombed it when I when I got there. I just knew I didn't want to go there. I just knew it. I just was like, I don't want to go to the school, so I don't care. But then, again, that's all me. Yeah. That's me. It's not. It's not like the schools all were like interested in. Even even Cornell. Cornell. When I went to my interview, they're like, switch to the GRE, <laughs> and we'll take you. I have not taken the GRE. That's just me. Like, if, yeah. if I was more hungry to get into these places, I would have gotten it. I just didn't care. I didn't. My goal was to get into Chicago. I got into Chicago, and I was done. That's good. That's that good. Like, you 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 reached your goal. You reached your goal. Yeah, that was it. So <laughs> that was it. Wow. Okay. Also, just to clarify, you're naming these top. You know university so you're saying that like the like what was the purpose in going after you know an mba from these top universities so essentially it was like okay so when i went to these events uh, talking to alumni and seeing like the job opportunities the flexibility in their careers and how you level up the basically the management food chain like you can be you could do this without an mba the MBA kind of helps you leapfrog like 10 year, a 10 year path to get you at that next level pretty quickly. And then on the path to like a CFO pretty quickly. When I say pretty quickly, meaning that like you work for four years, you go to the MBA for two years. And then in the next 10 years, you're, you have a path towards being a director or a CFO. And that's faster than oh, if you would just okay. stick to something for 20 years. Gotcha. Because you get, you but it's not networked. it's not like but it's not just any university though that these MBAs oh, no, actually no, no, no. you know yeah the top tier I would say it, it all depends on your 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 uh, what you want to do right in the industry that you're in there are some industries that don't care about the name of the school you go to uh, unfortunately consulting mm-hmm. banking tech they do kind of care they care about the schools that you go to so you can't just go to like you can be lucky like you can you can live in 
like San Francisco, go to Berkeley, that's fine. Or you can live in L.A., go to UCLA, that's fine, too. Or USC, that's fine. And Georgetown's also a really good name. And NYU's a really good name. Those schools are all fine. And But I picked Chicago specifically because I, was a, I went to school for finance, and they're the best at finance. So my dream was always to go there in some capacity. So when I saw I had a chance to get into the school, I was like, yeah, that's it. That's where I want to go. But, yeah. Okay. Okay. Sounds like things worked out. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. It's not, I mean, I'm, I started the program. It's not easy program, but we'll oh, see. Oh, you already I mean, the, started the, the program? Get a good job. Oh, yeah, I opted for the summer. So I was supposed to start in September, but I opted for June. So I re- I'm in my first semester already. Oh, wow. So everything everything is online then? Yeah, right now, yep. So it's, it's perfect because else I would have to fly there, but because everything's online, I save money too. That's good. That's good. So how is the program like now? Like, how, how do you feel about it? It. So once I got in, I, I realized that I, I kind of, to be honest, what the school offers you is basically a shot at like high income jobs. Mm-hmm. You to do all the work. So they'll get so you. You said it's up to like, you to do all the work. Yeah, that's that's something I didn't fully understand, but now it's yeah very apparent. Like you have to reach out to these companies, you have to network with these people to get an interview. You have to then study for the interview to get the job. Like the what the NBA provides you is an opportunity to get that interview, right? They'll listen to you. Like before, you uh-huh. probably would just get straight up rejected. Now uh-huh. they will pick up the phone and listen. I would say that, yeah. Okay, but it's up to you to, you know, go after what you want, basically. Yeah, exactly. You have to know what you want and go after that. Yeah, and you have a chance. Like, I've talked to a lot of people who've done uh, many different paths. I met a guy who went to uh, consulting, like top-tier consulting. He went from general management to top-tier consulting at, like, the MBB shops. And he he said the same thing. It's like he did all the networking, he did the studying, but now his life has changed forever. And then I met another guy who's in tech in California, just network, networked his way into tech, and now he's in tech making those tech salaries. So it's it just gives you the chance. Like the the network and the schools, the the brand name helps you, like yeah, get in front of door, like opens doors for you to get these next level jobs. Okay. Okay. Definitely, uh, I see that. I see that. So, um, I, I guess you know, since you're already in the program, w- would you you have to be in Chicago uh, for the fall semester? Today? Yeah, yeah. I'm moving. That's why I'm quitting booze. I'm moving in uh, early September, late August to go to Chicago. Wow! Congratulations, man. New life. Yeah. New life. New journey. <laughs> It was crazy. For real. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you finally found, you know, where you, like, like the end goal. Like, you're reaching the end goal. You know what I mean? I hope so, man. My end goal is to own my own company. That's really what I want to do. Amen. Amen. Black ownership, man. That's all I was saying. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, 
So I, I guess with COVID going on, is the school still going to be open? Like I'm, I'm lost on that. From what I uh, from from reading out like the forms and stuff, they're doing the hybrid model, which I think a lot of the sentiments for people saying that that doesn't really mean anything. It's just like a visa loophole issue to get some of the international students to stay on campus, but it's really just going to be online online classes. But, oh, okay, 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 okay. Okay. I don't really mind. That's my goal good, is really though. to work on my own thing, like ninety percent of the time, and just take classes. That's really it. Just try to build a business. What, what like, what, what kind of business are you thinking of? Or have you already like had ideas this whole time? Yeah, I'm working. I have a buddy who works in real estate, so help. Uh, we're trying to grow his real estate business. He already has. He already incorporated his business, so I'm trying to help him with the online presence. Try to grow it. And see what, oh, what happens good. from there. I'm, I'm, also, I'm also doing a backup, of course. I'm not going to be fully, <laughs> not stupid, but that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, to yeah. grow it enough to make more money. That's good, man. Like I said, at the end of the day, like, I mean, like you stated, owning your own business is the end goal. It should be all of our end goal. But yeah. um, everybody has their path. Everybody has yeah, their path. True. Um, I guess, do you have any advice you would like to give to, you know, the people out there, whether it's the uh, immigrant coming to a new country or is the parent of just kids that are living in a new country and just trying to figure life out? Just, you know, individuals in general, like any advice for them? Well, my advice would be Especially uh, being an immigrant, also going through all the crazy cr cr stuff that I went through my entire life, is that you really need to know. Like being an immigrant, you have no idea what's going on. Really know what's going on in this country. You ever know? You don't even really know the correct paths to. Immigrants will push their kids into like being a. Oh, you're going out. Like, Sorry, you have to repeat that. You're you're going out. All I heard was immigrants will push their. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, like, most of their immigrant parents push for safety jobs, like being a doctor, engineer, stuff like that. But, like, mm -hmm. those aren't, to me, I look at the, those are all great jobs, right? But I feel like the real benefit in America is entrepreneurship. And, like, there are levels to how the society is structured and stuff like that. And they should be, try to seek advice to figure this stuff out. Because, like, the earlier you know how this works, the better set you mm -hmm. are because like when i went to vcu i had no idea about top tier mba and i kind of screwed myself from even getting into a lot of these programs and if it wasn't for getting to booze later on that kind of helped me elevate my profile i would have been automatically disqualified from a lot of these uh, a lot of these opportunities and i had no idea about this like none i only uh -huh. found out about stuff like that after the fact and like Sadly, a lot of the people who know. A lot of the people who know, it went off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of people who know about, like, these opportunities and how, like, somehow top-tier schools recruit and how what they're looking for for profiles and, like, what top-tier jobs recruit for. And like, even beyond that, like, how networks are really the most important thing in this country. It's not so much, like, don't look for job security. Look for creating creating a great networks that's really what you should be mm -hmm. looking at look for yeah because that's your security having a great network of people who can always come back 
And like you can keep helping each other, building off each other, creating businesses together. That's how you make mm-hmm. uh, build long term wealth. It's not a job. A job will never do anything for you. It will keep you keep the lights on for months, month for month, but it will never make you financially stable. Never. Amen. I hope everybody hears that. You know, entrepreneurship. It is the way to actual health, wealth. I guess yeah. health is wealth, or wealth is health, <laughs> whichever works. That's the truth. But yeah. <laughs> but um, honestly, thank you so much for joining this new world. I'm sure the guests will learn a lot from your story, and I hope they take the advice you provided into consideration as they move through life. You know. Because this is definitely something that we all need to know. Like personally, I never knew about this this MBA program. Like I never knew about all these different fields you could go into. I never knew consulting was could make you so much money or banking could make you so much money. Maybe, I mean, I don't know if 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 it depends on the high school or just you know the individuals around you that don't provide you with that knowledge. But like you stated, you know, building connections is the key but yeah but again thank you thanks so much i appreciate you for joining uh no problem thanks for having me